Day of Wrath is a 1943 film by Danish director Carl Theodor Dreyer. It's an adaptation of a Norwegian play about a actual case of someone being accused of witchcraft in Norway in the 16th century. The film follows the story of Anne, who is a young wife of a uh, pastor in her Danish community who um, falls in love with the pastor's stepson, or sorry, the pastor's son, her stepson, when he comes home to visit, causing a lot of problems for her and everyone around her. In addition, the film focuses on the witch-burning trials of Denmark at that time and the uh, various accusations and sort of machinations that are going on. So uh, with that, uh, I'll introduce my guest for this month, who comes to us from Portland, Nevin Mergen. Uh, am I saying that right? Yes, that, that, is, that works. All right, In America, awesome. that works. What is it in reality? Mergan, if you can roll your R's. Mergan. There you go. Huh, Good. Cool. That's I probably not quite right, but that's I, I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> um, so let me start by saying that I chose this film for you. Uh, you didn't really give me any particular criteria for what you wanted to watch. You just said, I think you just wanted to see something you, you hadn't seen. Um, so uh, did you like this film? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. I actually hadn't seen it either before uh, oh. I gave it to you, and that's not something I usually do. But uh, I, I just, I really wanted to watch it, and I kind of used you as an excuse to check it out. Oh, and, good. Uh, <laughs> I also really liked it. Um, I thought it's, it, it was a very beautiful film. Like yeah. I thought, I thought the cinematography, some of the, the shadows, especially, were really nice. Like the black and white was really pretty. Yeah, yeah. There, it, in particular, there's one scene at the very end that has like the classic, you know, Hollywood of the 30s, 40s sort of spotlight on person's face, where it just looks really sculptural. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's a there's a lot of good good stuff there. Yeah, I was gonna say I was I was glad to see it because I had seen uh, the the Passion of Joan of Arc before Dreyer's probably more popular, more more well known movie, but I hadn't seen this one so. Have you seen um, Have you seen Vampire or um, no no uh, or uh, uh, Master of the House? Nope, nope. So those are the two that I've seen. I I really like Dreyer a lot. I, I'm just sort of finding my way into him right now. You know, like kind of as I go. And I know that this one it was the first film he made. It was in '43. He hadn't made a film since the '30s, so it's like a really really long break. Like he had the silent career, and then he made like Vampire in like '30. Two-ish, I want to say, and then he didn't make anything for like eleven years. Hmm. So it was the first one where he was coming back, and it was also uh, Vampire is a sound film, but it's 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 a very early sound film, so there's not like a lot of dialogue. Um, so I I chose, like I said, I chose this movie purely because I wanted to watch it, and because you wanted to watch it, and and that sort of thing. But I I have to say that when I was when I was watching it, I thought to myself, uh, man, you know, the, a lot of the movies about sort of the mass hysteria of of uh, you know witches and that time period, you know people afraid and, and this and that. And I, I I thought to myself that you could absolutely convince someone at a Donald Trump rally that there was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> that that would that would likely work. Um, th- th- this movie is definitely set in a way where it doesn't even get into the like belief system that lets people do this. It's just like so ingrained. There's nobody in the movie who's even questioning this, right? It's like No. Like yeah. I actually I think that's a really interesting uh, point that you bring up like I think that the people in the movie who are accused of witches being a witch almost maybe themselves believe they are. Oh yeah. <laughs> like Oh yeah. The, like yeah. when Anne when Anne hears her so the, the when the pastors uh so the movie starts with a with a 
um, a woman named Herlofs Marta, which is a weird name, right? Like it's it must be like a Danish way of naming people, where like instead of a last name, you are like somebody's someone or something, right? I don't know, like that it was, was my guess. goofy. Yeah. I, I tried to look it up and I couldn't really find any information. But she she gets a she gets accused of being a witch, and she's like kind of there's some evidence that maybe she is a witch, maybe. And I don't want to listen. I'm I'm on the side of 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 you know the, <laughs> <laughs> the women in this situation. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I think there's like two different ways that that they think that they are witches. One, they do feel like they have some ability to help people, but and two, I feel like because it is so very Danish, um, there's a lot, a lot of like guilt that I think also comes with it of like knowing <laughs> that probably at the end of your journey, you know, it, it's not going to end well. Um, but what I think the one part, like, like the movie's a little religiously ambiguous. It, yeah. it sort of is not, it does, it doesn't have a clear viewpoint of like, uh, you know, are these like morally bad characters who are now going to hell or is it a little more complicated than that? But one thing that I think is clear is that all these sort of hyper villainous characters talk about like oh did you like sign a pact with the devil did he make you spit on the cross or whatever and all of that seems even within the reality of that movie like a cartoon like marta is like sort of almost rolling her eyes like yeah that's how that works i mean all she's doing <laughs> all she's doing is like giving people roots you know yeah, yeah roots that from a, that happen to be from a grave or, or, yeah, or the cemetery yeah. or whatever and you know, that's, I, I, that's a little bit more removed from like yes i you know dance naked you know with the horned <laughs> one or whatever i don't think they, she believes that no, I, and you're you're completely right that like well you know because they're using the pretty ridiculous you know the the confessional tactic of like we're gonna put you in a in a torture device yeah. right to try to get you to confess and then when she finally quote unquote confesses the guy just says to her what you know she yeah. just says yes to questions <laughs> yes <right>? yeah. <laughs> so it's like okay very but, detailed confession yeah yeah exactly and they but they're so f- fevered with this you know this uh, f- uh, fervor that they don't they don't. They don't care, right? They just assume, they just believe. Oh, we've got it. She's she's yeah. admitted it. It's we're good. Well, I, th- I think one uh, for a movie from that um, from that period, and I don't want to say from 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 that place. You know, it's not like Denmark is you know hyper conservative or, or whatever. But it th- there's a few things that stood out as being sort of particularly modern. Um, one is that when when they are doing you know the 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 church invest investigation quote um, of of Marta, um, it's sort of clear from the way that he positions his camera that you have these like seven old dudes who are basically leering at this torture. They're like all watching it like it's you know the NFL, um, and it's clear that that and their whole focus on like did you sign a pact with the devil whatever that all of that is almost kind of like sadistic you know like like they're getting some form of enjoyment out of this this whole spectacle um so that was one thing that 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 seemed a little bit you know advanced to me and the other thing was that the movie itself so marta is a woman in her say late 60s or you know if i had to guess um she's shown naked not not like frontal naked you know they do they show her from the back but it's quite clear that this elderly woman is actually naked in this shot um for a movie that's sort of, in, in many other ways, very uh, wholesome, that kind of stood out to me. I don't know. That, I don't know if Hollywood would have done that. Do you think? I don't think in this era Hollywood could have done that. I think we're firmly in the code era. I think you know. I, I'm not sure that. I, I think there's actually a lot of things in this film that that could not have been done. I mean, you, you know, we'll probably get into talking more about the the 
you know, the I guess it's not incest because it's a stepson, but the, the core romantic story of yeah. this film is very un-Hollywood, right? But uh, at least from that era. But I think, yeah, no, because I, I noticed that too at the time. I was I was shocked because even when she stood up and sort of turned around to face them, she was barely clothed. Yes, yes. Right, and I think that... Um, I don't think that a Hollywood film of that era, especially with, even today, you know, the taboo for older people is still pretty strong. She's 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 an older person and she's slightly overweight. And I feel like the only way Hollywood would have tolerated that even up to today, unless you're doing sort of an edgy movie, you can only do that if it's an attractive person. <laughs> and this didn't seem to make a big deal out of it. It's just like, hey, well, that's what's happening here. Um, yeah. And I agree with your point about the... Uh, I don't know what they. I, I don't know enough about sort of Danish uh, religion of this period to know what to call these guys. Like, are they ministers? Are they pastors? They're not priests, right? Because they they wouldn't be. Because he's married. Yeah, so I don't know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't exactly what they are. But the the only one. So I agree with you that the that the various uh, religious dudes were um, were definitely and they're almost shown like it's like a weird mixture of of interest and disinterest and they're kind of just watching it like like you said like a spectator sport. The only one who doesn't seem to be doing that is the husband of Anne, the main guy, Absalom. Yes, right? yes. He's He seems very conflicted. And obviously it's because, so uh, this woman has claimed to him that 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 he, um, uh, that he that his wife's uh, mother was a witch and that he didn't go after her so that he could, in exchange for being able to marry her daughter. Uh, and she's dead at this point in the movie, so we don't know if that's true or not, but that's what she, she claims repeatedly. So I, I think he seems... He seems truly conflicted. He seems conflicted basically throughout the entire film, right? That's his sort of his character arc. He's just conflicted. Yeah, and he has a moral core that makes it so you can't really like hate the guy, even though eventually it comes out and he sort of fesses up to it that he he married Anne, this sort of very inappropriately young woman, against her wishes, just because he sort of had the social power to do it. And whether he really let you know, uh, let her mother get away with being a witch because he wanted to marry her or not. Like you said, we don't know. It's clear that it's at least a little bit shady, or at least now he's starting to doubt if that's why he did it himself. But even given all of that, I feel like he he feels like a likable enough character, at least to me, because he's at least complex. And unlike, so th- there's that main like questioner uh, guy, who, like interrogator, who interrogates Marta, the guy who looks like Vladimir Putin. If you notice that, <laughs> I did. Um, I did notice that. That guy seems like a like a complete like end of spectrum villain, where mm-hmm. he just has no redeeming qualities. You know, he doesn't see this woman as a woman, um, as a person. Um, and, and Absalom does not seem that way to me. He he clearly is sort of like maybe because he's older, but he has like this weariness about him. You know, and he's obviously thinking about a lot of these issues. Yeah, he seems. He just seems. He seems very unsure of of what he's doing, and I think he's starting to. You know, his mother is not very nice to his wife, and you know, I I think he's kind of like feeling guilty for sure. Yeah, just being reminded of kind of because he probably hasn't had to think or deal with that much, and now that this woman is is you know telling him, oh, you know, I know what you did, and he's kind of having to confront it, whether he did it or not. He's having to confront how he feels kind of about about that in general. But I th- so. Um, fun fact, by the way, did you know that this film was apparently one of the main inspirations? It's kind of obvious once you know it, but it, one of the main inspirations for The Crucible, the Arthur Miller play? Uh, I, I read that when I looked it up. Um, I Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were both sort of drawing from the same well or what, but now it makes a lot of sense um, now that I know that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The, the Crucible would be a very – but because it, it kind of – I bring it up because it's kind of to your point, like The Crucible, it feels like a very American version of the story. And, of course, it takes hmm. place in Salem or whatever, but – 
Den- Danish witch stuff seems the, the whole the, the vibe of the film is 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 like you said is very Danish or very not American anyway. And so like I think the the Crucible is much more of an American story. Yeah. It's kind of like this turned in in that sort of direction. I like um, um, one thing I like doing with movies that are more than say twenty years you know uh, in the past is looking up what the original reaction was. And yeah. uh, apparently the overwhelming original reaction was that people thought it was extremely slow. And <laughs> I feel like that's a reaction you would also get from the average person today. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it's one of those things where uh, I, I feel like I get this like sort of weird sense of pride from like <laughs> understanding that it's slow, but not minding it. And I feel like years of like art school, you know, and sitting through a lot of stuff. Um, have totally like you know like like flex that muscle. I've got a really really good slow movie muscle. Um, so yeah, it is a really really slow movie. I feel like it, it, it's almost like we have to warn people if they're going to run out and watch it now. Like you have to be ready for something where the camera almost never never moves. There are no action scenes. It's very talky, and everything is framed very much like medium shot to close up. And that's it. It's so true. I say this on the, I've said this on the podcast before that one of the best things that's happened to me from watching all of these classic films is that my attention span is dramatically, dramatically increased. Yeah. uh, In that I didn't notice. So I I didn't, I noticed, but I didn't, like you said, I didn't care that the film was was super slow as well. And then when I was watching it, I was rewatching it um, last night with uh, my girlfriend and her family. And mainly their objection, we turned it off fairly quickly because mainly their objection was that it was really really weird um they didn't mind the 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 slowness as much but they did mention like well this is really slow and really weird (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know they're from germany and i thought i could hook them on like (laughs) oh listen to all the words that are actually german that's pretty pretty cool right (laughs) they were they were not i got them to watch a fassbender movie so i feel like i didn't totally fail but it (laughs) they were not interested yeah, there are a few shots in the movie that are a little bit show-offy that I really liked, and they sort of break from that, like, here's a room and here's two people uh, kind of uh, flow of most of it. The the opening shot, which is a long single take, is really cool. Uh, I don't know if, if you remember. I mean, it starts with the two women, Marta and, and a customer of hers, talking, and, like, the camera moves quite a bit, and then when Marta hears, like, a, you know... Uh, uh, the, lynch, the guardsmen you know, coming or lynch mob or whatever lynch it is, mob, yeah. yeah coming for her she sort of runs away and we get this like very wide pan until she she leaves that it ends up with really her in cool. the in the pig pigsty right like it, she yeah climbs in with yeah. The pigs. i thought that shot was beautiful i thought that the um the the shot where she actually gets burned at the stake was yes. really interesting as well did you did you read anything about that uh, oh, other, yeah. <laughs> you, you should share that that little <laughs> so, uh, so apparently so correct me if i'm wrong because i read it and, and i oh my god so dryer like wanted it to look like she was really suffering so he basically put her up on the platform that they were going to drop her on the flames with and just left her there, like went and had like a sandwich or like went and got lunch or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like on a (laughs) cross, not like crucified, but she's, she's up tied to like a, you know, like a big pole, whatever. And then they're going to toss her into the the flames. Um, But yeah, after they did that, he called lunch for the, for the whole, you know, crew. And so everyone left. They just left. And when she came back, she was like sweating and like really, really uncomfortable. This is an older woman. (laughs) (laughs) We should mention she's in her like 60s probably. And I mean, you mentioned that earlier. She's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's a dedication to 
realism. I don't know, like maybe that's where Lars von Trier got his uh, his inspiration. There's a. Did you ever read Sidney Lumet's uh, what's it called on making movies? The book. A um, long time ago, yeah. yeah. He mentions in that that in some movie he had. Oh gosh, now I'm forgetting who it was. I'm gonna say Meryl Streep. It may have been her. May may have not. And he said that he wanted like a big reaction out of her in this one shot and just couldn't get it and couldn't get it and couldn't get it. And finally, before they rolled, he walked up to her and slapped her in the face and then ran off. And she gave him the right reaction. <laughs> the right reaction. And he said he immediately, when it was done, realized what a what an ass thing that was to do. And he apologized. He said he would never do that again. It's just like not worth it. He, you know, today he would rather have the crummier shot and not slap an actor you know so yeah that's you think dryer felt the same way he's like i probably shouldn't have just gone and gotten lunch <laughs> I, so... I don't know enough about his character but i'm, I'm... me neither <laughs> i think i think given his aesthetic he probably thinks suffering is a-okay <laughs> his films do kind of have a that vibe although um uh, master of the house is, is surprisingly sort of positive ultimately but it definitely goes through that kind of phase um so so let's talk a little bit about the the sort of central plot so that's so the 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 first 30 minutes or so of the film are this this trial and this woman we've been talking about and eventually she gets she gets killed and the rest of the film is about the 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 wife falling in love with the with her stepson i thought i mean that for one thing that is just a very even today that's a provocative kind of story as we said but also it happened really quickly yeah like for a movie that's really slow, which it is, yeah, yeah. that happened like the minute they met. I feel like they they fully like there yeah there there was no easing into it because the moment that they mentioned you know this this character who's still off screen like oh his you know his son is coming back and then um, Absalom's mother says like oh you know they're basically the same age or something like that then I'm like uh oh this is gonna be trouble and the guy shows up and they totally light him you know as like a, as a hunk you know like when he walks in he's got his the cape. chin and the look got, and the yeah. cape and everything and you're like this is this is a romantic interest you know this guy isn't framed like this just because. Um, but it also feels with, within the reality of the movie itself, it's like, for him, we don't know much about him. He's a bit of a cipher. He's, he's, he's kind of lukewarm. He, he seems to go like whichever way, you know, the current takes him. But for Anne, it feels like this is exactly what she wants out of life. She definitely does not want, you know, Absalom, who's like 70 or whatever, however old Yeah, she's he is. probably like 20, 22, 24. He's probably yeah. like 75, 80. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. not. And I, I actually, I thought the same thing. Like, I think, I think that for her, so I, I'm, I'm, for her side of thing, the thing makes a lot of sense to me because it's like for her, uh, she's, she just is so, so joyless in her life, right? She, her husband apparently has never heard her laugh. She's basically been living this like life of semi misery, right? So for her, they, the, they, she, they hint, sorry, they hint at them not having carnal relations because she says that uh, her husband couldn't give her a child either. And I feel like that's 1940s code for we don't sleep in the same We don't bed. sleep in the same, yeah, yeah. Because it could be, I mean, I, I don't think they were rocking the, the if, if, if it had been, um, uh, a sexual dysfunction or whatever, like, you right. know, uh, they probably would have blamed her, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So, I think you're 100% right. So she's basically living in this situation where she's essentially just this dude's maid. And her boss, the mom, is horrifically not nice to her, right? Hates her. So it's like nothing good in her life. And she's completely trapped. She's no way out, right? And then this guy shows up and is just at all nice to her, right? Just is like pleasant. Yeah. And I yeah. think she immediately is just like, I'm in. Let's do this. Yep. It's yep. less clear to me 
why this dude would come home to his father's new wife and be like, I totally love my dad. We're cool. I remember my mom. It's a little weird that you married this lady who's like the same age or younger than me. Uh, I'm going to go make out with her. Like that's... The, the one thing that, 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 that might explain it is, I, I don't know if I missed it or if it's not uh, mentioned, where was the son before he came back? What what was the occasion for him being gone? Oh, yeah, and he, it is it's, unclear. They say, I mean, he's been gone for a long time, obviously, because he yeah. missed out on this whole marriage. Now, if he was like away, you know, at school or whatever, I understand. But maybe he was also in some sort of very conservative environment somewhere where he hasn't seen a lady in years, you know? Yeah, he might have been training to be a whatever his dad is. Minister. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think he was at some sort of like, because the dad lives in the rectory. You know, I think he was at some sort of like, yeah, religious, some sem- seminary. Seminary, of some kind. yeah, exactly. They may have said that. I don't, I don't remember that either. But they, they kind of, they again for a movie that's very slow, they, they, they kind of move through some stuff pretty quickly. The the other thing that that's probably worth keeping in mind is that eventually the movie starts hinting at Anne either having like witch like powers or at least being confident in herself. Enough. She believes that she has. That she hasn't. Yeah. So yeah. you can sort of see him as being bewitched like that, right? Like even if he didn't want this, she essentially makes him fall in love with her. Um, and and not, you know, she might believe it's supernatural. Within the movie, it might be supernatural, or it might be again just like her confidence. She definitely, eventually, she has way more confidence, and she's way more outgoing and sort of and outspoken than any other character. Because a lot of these people are very like square and you know don't talk about their feelings and whatnot. But she makes definitely a switch to being a little more like letting her hair down. Oh, absolutely! She goes through like a visual transformation and a and a confidence transformation throughout the whole film. She suddenly is like very you know ha- she gets happier, right? Yeah. And it, it shows up. So I could believe that she. I could believe that she believes it's witchcraft and that he then falls for her because of her confidence. I think I don't believe that it is witchcraft, not because I would be, a, you know, not for any reason other than what kind of happens near the end. Yeah. Where I feel like he ultimately, he uses the concept that it's witchcraft as a as a, a way to get out of his own guilt. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like he wants to absolve himself of being like the worst son ever and or whatever, what he would imagine the worst son ever is. And he, I think he... He, you know, after his father, you know, dies, I think he he feels guilty and he he wants he wants to believe she's a witch when she's denounced. Right. So, so quick quick summary of the ending. Spoiler yes, alert, please. whatever. Um, is that um, I, I I thought it was done in a kind of a cool way where um, Anne mentions the possibility of, of Absalom dying, sort of like if he were dead, you know, I would be happy. And at that same moment, uh, Absalom, who's coming home from, from, you know, through a storm, like feels, you know, like like as if his, you know, how, how does he put it? Like the shadow of death passed yeah, over yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, suddenly like. the de- death is touching him. And, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. that was really interesting too. And yeah. then they cut back to her and she just clarifies, like, oh, I'm just saying if he were dead. I'm not wishing <laughs> that he were dead. Like then, O.J. Simpson, if I <laughs> killed him and married you, this is how I would have done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, if this were supernatural, like to imagine like God standing there with like his finger hovering over the button, like, what, what, what did you say? Oh, she I'm said sorry. if. No, oh, no, no. no. If, guys, if. Yeah. Calm yeah. it down. Calm yeah. it down. It was an if. We have an if. <laughs> um, so then he comes home and, you know, they have a discussion and she sort of ends up throwing it in his face that like, hey, you never even asked me if I wanted to marry you. And she eventually she gets very angry with him and then sort of directly verbalizes that she wishes he were dead. And had wished it hundreds of times. Yeah. Apparently. 
he cries out for his son, falls down dead. Um, his son <laughs> knows because he heard his father call out for him that something like this happened, that his dad didn't just, you know, collapse. Um, and so then they go to, to the funeral where the, the, the son and Anne pretend like everything's okay. But then uh, Absalom's mother, um, she is sort of, she knows what happened and she brings it up. Um, so at, I, in the summary of the movie that I read, uh, they said that, that, that um, what's, what's the son's name, by the way? I keep forgetting. Martin. Yeah, yeah. That he uh, refuses to defend Anne. But I feel like it's more like he didn't even like explicitly do it. He just sort of like was like, hey, I'm out of here. I'm not touching this. Well, when when the so to me, it felt like the grandmother, you know, she doesn't like Anne the entire film. Right. So she she sees her opportunity to to denounce her and take revenge for her son, who she thinks shouldn't have married Anne, which is, by the way, not Anne's choice at all. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They they agree on that. Yeah. Anne's like, dude, I we are I don't want to be here either. Like, it's cool. We're cool. But so she denounces Anne being a witch and says that Anne uh ensnared her son or her grandson i'm sorry and and killed her son and then the son suddenly is like wait what (laughs) (laughs) you're a witch well that explains why i i don't want to feel like because you know he feels really guilty after his dad dies that his dad knew that he was you know he thinks his dad knew or he thinks maybe somehow he had done his dad wrong by dating his the dad's wife which he didn't care about until the dad died by the way but um so the he I think he just sees the opportunity and is like, yeah, yeah, you're a witch. I totally, I don't, blah, blah, blah. And then Anne, I think, just honestly, like, first of all, I think Anne does believe she's a witch because she's yeah. heard her mom was a witch. And she's, you know, she believes in the same stupid coincidences that everyone else in her, you know, olden society believes. But I think even if she didn't believe she was a witch, she's just at the end now, right? She's just like, well, the only I've been miserable my whole life. The only chance for happiness I had is gone. He's turned on me too. I don't have even him. All that beauty and confidence I felt in my life is gone. They're gonna kill me anyway. Like what? There's no point. Let's just yes, I did it. So I, I have a question f- uh, for you, and this is something I've been thinking about since I finished the movie. Like we've heard what the characters in the movie believe. What do you think the director believes about about basically about evil? And about consequences of evil from this movie. What what do you think Dreyer himself thinks? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. As it sounds like you have as well. Um, a question I was going to ask you, and I'm I'm going to mention it now because it kind of ties in, is that um, this film was made during the Nazi occupation of Denmark, hmm. and some people think it was in some way a, a commentary on that society. Dreyer himself repeatedly claimed it was not. So we'll, we'll put that on one side. But the film does seem to be a commentary in some ways on coercion and, and uh, uh, you know, not I wouldn't say fascism, but, you know, that kind of like uh, totalitarianism in, in, in some senses. So so the, the first part of that to me is does the film is the does the film believe in witches? Let's let's just start there. And I don't think you can tell. And I think that that's intentional. Right. And right. I think it's intentional because I don't think the film wants to care about that. I don't right. think the film cares if these characters do have these powers or the film cares that they don't. I don't think that's what the film's interested in. No. I think no. the f- the film is rather interested in sort of like uh what is compelling these people to do the things that they're doing and to my mind no one in the film with the exception of the 
seven guys in the torture chamber would I describe as conventionally evil? Right, right. So what, what, um, yeah, what, what, one thought I had is that the movie is clearly critical of organized religion at, at, at least, at least as a, as a vehicle for basically for coercion and for, you know, for, for oppression, for, for mass sort hysteria. of mass hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. For, for basically yeah, fostering the worst instincts and then also having the power to take them as far as murder, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little fuzzier on whether Dreyer himself is personally religious and whether, because when, the, when the movie ends and sort of, uh, does her confession? I don't know if you would call it a confession because it's not clear if what she's confessing to is even truthful. But after or she, yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she, she certainly like she she accepts her fate, and then the movie ends with uh, you know a page of the Bible and the uh, you know the Assyria Day of Wrath you know song and the text of that, and it feels a little bit like it's uh, uh, like the ending wants to be a classic morality tale where it's like see these are the fruits of evil this is what happens when you sleep with your stepson your... <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and all that, and I feel like I mean that that could be just a way to essentially to like to have. A, a movie with mass appeal, which I don't know if he was interested in that, but to have you know a message like that. But I can see him both believing that himself or not. I don't know if you have a strong opinion. If I had to guess today, I would say that he may have been personally religious and that he thought that there was some sort of like consequence, basically, to 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 acting evil, even if even if you have like good justification for what you're doing the way that Anne does. Like maybe she takes it too far and then eventually she can't really, you know, she, she crosses a line and now she's so going to have to get punished. I do know, I, I do know that, that Dreyer was uh, conservative, was like ideologically conservative. I don't know specifically that he was particularly religious, but I do know that he was conservative. But I will say, though, that in his films... Uh, he is pretty consistent, at least in the ones I've seen, he's pretty consistently forward-thinking with regards to women. Yeah. So, yeah. like, um, Passion of Joan of Arc, obviously, but then Master of the House, um, which is, like, a silent film about a husband who doesn't help around the house, and eventually his wife leaves, and he discovers how much she's been doing and decides to change, is... Uh, just by that description is you know it's a little overblown to call it a feminist film people have i I disagree but it is definitely a progressive film in terms of the rights and the responsibilities and and respect for women so i find it a little hard to believe that he would come down you know i'm not a dryer scholar either but I, i find it a little bit hard to believe he's coming down on against Anne. Uh, and saying like strictly morality speaking, like you you messed up and this is your the cost you're bearing. I think he has more empathy for her situation than that. Um, but it it is uh, for me an unresolved question as well, and I don't have a I, unfortunately I don't have a strong answer to that. Yeah, yeah. the one part where um, Anne is obviously a complex character and she has a lot to deal with, you know, um, and she's 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 making some sort of ill-advised decisions whether you agree with her or not because her whole affair with with her stepson is clearly going to fail cannot end well exactly and he keeps bringing that up he's like well where where do you think this ends and like what are we going to do and she the the part where she was 
kind of losing me a little bit is that she kind of brushes all of that off with like, ah, you know, who cares? You know, well, as long as we have our love, we'll deal <laughs> it's love. with love. Love will conquer yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah. And it feels, it doesn't feel sweet when she says it. It almost feels a little bit ominous. Not like she has a secret agenda, you know, like, like she's hiding something, but like she is sort of refusing to deal with it to a point where like somebody really has to like grab her and shake her. Um, but then again, it's that's that's easy to say looking from the outside. Um, that 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 part of did feel to me a little bit like I'm if she's being set up so that when her you know her comeuppance you know finally arrives, we're we're gonna kind of understand why why it's there. But then the 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 end of that whole relationship is the scene where she sort of yells at Absalom and tells him that um, you know throws in his face that 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 you know that their whole relationship is is a sham um and that was very strong and like that's her that's her ace that's like where she really like you can't disagree with her she makes a very strong case for herself so maybe yeah as an empowerment you know uh, like you could view it uh as like well it doesn't matter like she's her situation is 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 messed up you know there's only one end for her from the beginning anyway like it doesn't mean i I don't mean burned to the stake but like nothing about her life is going to get any better anyway yeah right so for her to go through any kind of journey of like personal empowerment and have any time in her life that is happy you know there are scenes of her you know pretty happy like on the boat and with you know with with the, the the stepson like that that and empowering her to tell her husband you know you were miserable to me, and then having that power over him when he <laughs> drops down dead m- might be, you know, enough for her. Given the incredibly limp, like there's no version of this that would play in any way realistic, where she like, you know, gets in a carriage with the guy and like, runs off into the sunset. <laughs> they right? they like, didn't have know. cars, right? She can't hop in a car and she can't jump. Off. There's no Thelma and Louise for her. Like she can't. There's no ending where she where she where is she even gonna go? Like you know, like the, yeah. the village next door where everyone knows yeah. her still. You know, like, yeah. It's it's not. Yeah. There is no out for her, so I think any kind of inner story has to be the all she needs, right? In in that sense, so I don't know, but it is, yeah, it is definitely not. Um, I like, I mean, I like thinking about these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, no, all all of this is good because I feel like yeah. the fact that we're even talking about it makes it stand out above probably most movies. Well, again, I'm comparing it to Hollywood, where you would have <laughs> to put a nice big bow on it with a big yeah. card that says who this is for exactly. Like, you cannot be ambiguous about it so much. Um, you know, I, speaking of, of that, I was talking to um, uh, a, a co-worker of yours, uh, Patrick Gibson, is a, a, an upcoming guest on the show as well. And he was uh, plugging Firewatch, which I hope you'll do as well at the end. But um, I, we were talking about how people similarly... Uh, some people feel like I'm not going to give any spoilers away about Firewatch. We go play it, but uh, that that also has some unresolved situations in it, and how that's bothering people. But I think it's really just bothering people who can't handle c- complexity in their in their uh, in their entertainment. So. Oh, 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 absolutely, yeah. And if yeah, yeah, in, in the case of Firewatch, but well, but you know, in the case of anything that's complex, it's also if you. I feel like the only way that that doesn't work is if you keep promising a resolution. You know keep cliffhanging it and whatnot and then you just go nowhere yeah if it feels like it wants to tell you but doesn't doesn't yeah exactly this film does not feel to me at all yeah yeah no this this from the start is clearly sort of walking a line um i I was gonna ask that uh, that reminds me um actors uh who stands out for you in this movie oh interesting um if anyone i mean if if not not i i think i i find Anne really interesting actually 
I she was not she did she was not in much else that that uh, I would have watched except for Babette's Feast, which I will see at some point. But um, she, I thought she was really interesting. Like she's she wasn't. I'm not going to say she was good necessarily, but she was very. Um, she had like an, an energy to her that I found really interesting. Like she she just had like a. It's really hard to describe. She had like a. There's something like tilted about her personality and her character and the way she approached it that I found very interesting. Who did you? Uh, who did? Who, who, who stuck out to you? I also thought Herloff's Marto was interesting as well for different reasons. But who? Yeah. Who, who? With 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 Anne, the only thing that I'll say is this: this doesn't uh, this doesn't seem inappropriate in the movie, but she seems a little bit more modern in that she sort of every now and then her face gets little little streaks of like sarcasm yeah. or or kind of an almost like bradish attitude. Especially yeah. once she gains her confidence, which seems so like out of you know that world, but which is intentional. I mean, that's that's what her character is supposed to be doing. Then I thought Marta, the uh, the actor that that, that plays her, um, for several reasons. One, yeah, she's an older woman, which you know in itself immediately is, sort of I feel like is is playing at a harder level because the roles that usually get written for them are kind of fit into these little cubbies, you know? And I feel like she brings way more complexity to her character than than is maybe just on the page. Um, because, yeah, we, we, we've talked about, like, it's not clear whether she believes that she's a witch. She probably doesn't. Um, her What she's given to do, basically, after they catch her, is that she threatens Absalom uh, repeatedly, saying that, you know, if... If he lets her burn the way he didn't Anne's mom, he's going to pay for it. It's going to cost him, which ends up happening in the end, of course. Yeah, and she curses that other dude who definitely believes yeah. it's real as well. Yeah. But no, I oh. totally agree with you. She was she she took a character that could have been very one note and and really rounded it yeah. out and created something relevant. She gets the scenes that that Joan gets in Joan of Arc with the with the face close-ups and mm-hmm. like the 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 anguish uh, showing on her face, and I feel like Anne has fewer of those. I mean, just at the very end, she does. Um, so I I was definitely like rooting for her. I was a hundred percent on 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 Martha's side. Um, yeah, that that definitely worked for me. Um, yeah, th- th- yeah. I was I was thinking about that also. How she. Yeah, I mean, she curses, she curses uh, Absalom, and, and that ends up costing him, and the and the guy who interrogated her, um, and then you know, being a witch, and then Anne, who's like the second witch in the movie, she ends up killing him, and I feel like there's this like cycle, you know, sort of established where that sort of stuff works by, um, you know, like like a self fulfilling prophecy kind of thing, you know, because all of these characters believe in it. It's sort of enough for it to be said to have an it effect. It is amazing the the power of suggestion. <laughs> right on. Uh, was there any other topics on this film you wanted to uh, talk about before we wrap it up? Um, no, not not uh, no, not really. Cool. Um, well, I'm glad you liked it. I think this is a you know, it's not one I would recommend to anyone because i don't think it has mass appeal <laughs> right. then or now but i really enjoyed it and i i thought it was i'm glad you did too i thought it was it, I, like you said the fact that we're talking this much about it and uh, you know we could kind of run around circles on some of this stuff forever i think it's it is I, i'm definitely one that i want to watch again and, and to think about more um cool so um why don't you uh let the good folks at home know a little bit about sort of who you are and what you do and that kind of thing where they can find out more if, if you want yeah uh i'm nevin mergen um 
Uh, I am uh, a designer at the software company uh, Panic uh, in Portland, Oregon. Um, uh, I also make video games on the side. Uh, Black Bar, Grey Out, The Incident, and Space Age uh, are my games. You can play on iOS and on the Mac. Um, and Panic recently uh, produced uh, a video game you can play on Steam or on PS4 called uh, Firewatch, which um, I don't want to, to say that it's like a, a video game that's like a movie. But it's more like a movie than most video games. So if you like movies, and especially if you like good writing, um, the, the, the writing in Firewatch is good even for uh, a movie, if that makes sense. So it's, it's not just like better than most video games. It's better than, than, than many movies, I would say. Um, so you should totally play Firewatch if you like movies. I, I cannot agree more. I, I've played through Firewatch once. I plan on playing it through it many more times to come. It is really phenomenal, and I think anyone who appreciates this podcast would really enjoy that game. I will also say that if you haven't played uh, Nevin's games, uh, Grey Out's the most recent one. They are wonderful. They're so interesting, and also uh, very much, you, you know, you can tell that if you didn't already from listening to this podcast how much he nerds out on this stuff, and it's very reflected in, in the games. They're so good. Um, so, cool. Uh, so, listeners can find out more about me at uh, cinemagadfly.com. That's where I put up all my uh, posts on, on these films, and then uh, the Twitter account, cinemagadfly. And we will be back uh, next time for the movie that Nevin chose for me. So, until then, I will say to everyone, good night. Come, come, let's go.